Chip is with Blue Reef Agri-Marketing out of Morton, Illinois, and this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Wheel, the premier ag tire wheel provider in North America, helping people grow, tractor zoom delivering insights, and dry shot boots, the official work boot of the Moving Iron Podcast. Chip, how are you doing this morning, man? Hey, doing well. I'm ready for the weekend. It's been a long, long week. Yeah, you and me both. Um, there's no lack of news here, man. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of stuff going on. We've got uh, yesterday... A confirmed report out of uh, the USDA on exports to China bought 720 or 40 million metric tons of uh, of uh, soybeans. So it looks like there they've also it looks like they've been buying some U.S. oil. Um, so the phase one thing might not be such a farce, but also there's a lot of reasons why they should be buying from the U.S. right now. So I guess you can you can kind of take a take a win when you need it, whether it's a, a cheap one or not. But I guess as you take a look, what's going on in the marketplace, Chip? There's uh, there's plenty of turmoil out there in the outside markets as well. So I guess what's your synopsis so far this week of uh, trading? Yeah, I, I think um, I, I like the market action, to be quite honest with you. We had the USDA June report out yesterday as well. Um, and, and that was actually, you know, you could construe that as kind of a little bit on the bearish side. There was nothing out of the ordinary on that. Right. But, um, you know, can kind of confirming a 3.3 billion bushel corn crop. Um you know, like you mentioned, uh, export sales came out yesterday. Big numbers on uh, both old crop and new crop beans. And then China bought, uh, you know, a big chunk of beans on top of that yesterday. Uh, there was another small 120,000 metric tons to unknown today of beans. <clears throat> so China, you know, like you said, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, biting of our nails on whether this phase one trade deal is uh, is going to go through or not. Right now, it looks like... Um, they're, they're buying. Are they going to meet the number that they need? I don't know, but they're buying. And, um, you know, I thought yesterday's market action was, uh, was pretty telling. You know, you had the stock market just getting pummeled. It was down like eight, 1,800 points yesterday. You had a, a fairly bearish report, and yet corn, uh, you know, closes up three. I thought that was an incredible performance. Uh, the funds, um, and it may not matter about crop size, weather, China, I think the funds uh, have too big of a short position in, in corn. They're uh, about 280,000 contracts. Um, that's great. Sure, we might have a massive crop and end up with a, a 3.6, 3.8 billion bushel carryout. But you know what? The next uh, eight weeks are going to be really important with weather. And um, if I'm sitting here short the corn market, wanting it and expecting it to go lower, and I got a bearish report in the stock market down 1,800 points yesterday, and corn uh, closes up three, I'm a little nervous right now. I, I don't, I don't know that I, uh, you know, um, am comfortable with a short position. And if we can close well this week today with some gains, get up, um, you know, basically the highest close we've had in six plus weeks, I think that drives more short covering. So I think the money flow is driving it. Um, I think everything looks, uh, looks pretty good. You had some bearish news for wheat. It sold off yesterday, but held the lows. And it's starting to rally today. Um, you know, 
beans were a little bit of a head scratcher yesterday. They, they had all that export business, but yeah, couldn't do much yesterday, but they're back kind of leading the way higher, um, you know, up six and a half cents on the highs, uh, here on Friday as we speak right now so far. So, uh, I like the action. I, I think the funds, um, you know, maybe looking to, to buy some, uh, some contracts in here, add a little risk premium to the, um, you know, the next six weeks, weather's going to be pretty critical. Yeah. It's a, so speaking of weather, I want to talk to you a little about the wheat market, what you see happening there. So we've got some, some dry areas, dry and hot weather popping up in the, in the key parts of the, uh, growing areas of, uh, Southern Russia, but you start seeing some issues there with some dryness. You've got some hot and dry weather in Kansas and Oklahoma during some pretty key, um, head producing times of uh, really showing what the bushels look like. And you get a look up in Minnesota and North and South Dakota and the Northern part of the wheat belt. You see some issues up there too with dryness. So as you take a look at the wheat market, it seems like to me, there could be some, some great opportunities there um, to see a, a bit of a rally here coming up soon. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And, and uh, on top of that, you know, the hot dry weather in Kansas, you had, uh, you know, a freeze event there. You had uh, multiple freezes uh, out this way. Not that the Eastern Corn Belt is a, you know, a massive uh, wheat producer. Um, surprisingly, yesterday, a little bit of a head scratcher. The USDA on the wheat production for new crop actually went up a little bit uh, unexpectedly. Not massive numbers, but, you know, they increased Kansas, um, uh, several other states. I think that was took the market a little bit by surprise and, and we kind of had a rough day yesterday but i think the silver lining is that held the, the previous lows and like you mentioned i think we're now set up for uh, as uh, you know harvest kicks off in in full swing in in kansas i think we're set up for a little bit of disappointment there because you know the the market uh, has been told by the usda that there's a big crop i think the other thing this morning is interesting there's some uh, some news out of uh, uh, France, in particular, parts of Europe. They had been really dry. They had received some rain recently, but yet their crop conditions uh, didn't really improve. And um, so, you know, I think that's going to be a little bit supportive. And it's almost anymore. Wheat has always been a world market, and more, more than ever it is now. And, and so I think Europe and Russia, Ukraine, the Black Sea area in particular is, is really important. So, uh, and they've struggled with uh, dryness for going on a couple of years now. Uh, so I just, you know, I, I think you're right. I, I think as you get um, harvest going in that area of the world, um, we're probably set up to, for some disappointing uh, yield results. And, and I'm not so sure you're not going to see maybe a little bit of a, uh, of a disappointing tone in yields in Kansas too, especially those, those drier areas uh, in the Western part of the state. Um, so if so, the funds are short wheat, not as, not a, not a massive position like they have in corn, but, uh, you know, you get harvest advancing and, and uh, some disappointing news or, or a little bit of uh, bullish news out of, um, you know, Europe and, and the black sea area, uh, get these funds wanting out of their shorts. You can have explosive counter seasonal moves. And I think you got to be on the lookout for that. Uh, in the wheat market. And if you see that, that'll help spill over, help support corn as well. So you, you just have a, even today, an overwhelmingly bearish um, mindset, especially in corn. And, and I think that could uh, maybe drive a rally. I'm not saying you're going back to $4 corn, but you could rally corn 20, 25 cents very easily. 
um, just because, right? And right now, there's not a lot of threatening weather. If, if we get two, three weeks down the road and we get some heat building up, I know out your way, it's going to get hot here, but it's not like the type of system where it's going to set up and, you know, be, be hot for the next eight weeks. Uh, but if you get some sort of a blocking ridge buildup, I mean, these markets could, uh, could surprise us to the upside. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, the next six or eight weeks is going to be critically important on weather. Right on. All right, so let's jump over and talk about the protein complex for a little bit here. Uh, pork demand has, has shot up a little bit, largely because of the price of beef. But also on the beef side, if you take a look at where we're at in daily slaughters, we're like 95% of where we were last year. So that part of the funnel is getting uh, pretty well cleared out, and we're kind of on our way back to uh, regular slaughter rates. But as you take a look at those two markets, you kind of have tell to tell two cities here, you get, you know, the pork market is showing some, some real gain here because of the price of beef, but beef on the other hand, you know, we're getting the supply back out there and the demand's still high, but prices of beef, of box beef are still through the roof. So I guess as you look at the, at the, uh, at the protein complex, what you see happening between pork and beef, guess what's your, uh, what's your take on what you've seen so far this week? Yeah, I, you know, I think the the hog market uh, is a little more uh, it, kind of in an oversupply type situation in the very short run here. We've increased the kills. We're kind of getting that back to normal or as normal as we've been in a long, long time. And that's pressured the the front end. So we got a lot of weight we're dealing with right now, um, you know, heavy, uh, not only the hogs, but, uh, you know, packing the weight on these cattle that have backed up. Right. Um, you know, I think what the market, uh, hogs and cattle both are kind of waiting for and hoping for is just some stability, right? We had, you know, it's just been so unprecedented. You, you know, you have this big, massive washout, um, and then plants close and then you have, you know, essentially shortages and we can't get enough killed and, and pork and beef prices, you know, basically rallied a record all time highs. And so, and now they're back down, they're coming back down sharply as you increase the, the, the kills and, and the supply. So I think what we need is just some stability. I think that's what the market's searching for, and they haven't, haven't quite got it. I think in the next two weeks to three weeks, you will get uh, back a little more um, normal um, and, and stabilize things. And, and then I think you, you can look out, and we got some friendly things out there. We, we've had two cattle on feed reports for the past two months in a row that show um you know essentially the fewest number of cattle on feed out here ahead of us uh in years and years and i think we've seen way more liquidation on the hog side as well now i think here in about uh, less than two weeks we're going to get a quarterly hogs and pigs report and and i'm that's going to be very interesting because um i think we've had a lot of sow slaughter um, you know, running at 10 plus year highs. I think we've had uh, a lot of uh, feeder pig uh, liquidation as well. And so I, I think that if we can just stabilize things, you, you get out here late summer, things can get a, a lot better um, for both the hog and the cattle industry. And maybe talk about, uh, you know, some higher prices in here for a change. And that would be a welcome development. Uh, but first, we just have to have stability. And we haven't haven't quite got there. I think we're closer than we have been in a long, long time, but it still may take a couple of weeks. You stabilize these cash cattle and kind of stabilize the pork cut out a little bit. And then I think, um, you know, the market will take a, 
big sigh of relief and then talk about, okay, we weathered that storm. What's out in, in front of us. Right. All right. So last thing I'll talk about is, um, you know, ethanol is going to carry the day when it comes to uh, overall the, the rise of, of uh, corn price, what we see happening there. And directly tied to that is the price of oil. So as you start taking a look at oil right now, what are your thoughts there? I mean, we're starting to see some. West yeah, Texas is getting really close to that, that $40 mark. So I guess as you start looking around, what, do you, what are you thinking there? Yeah, that has, um, you know, the oil market is probably one of the, <clears throat> the, the purest markets that we have. When I say pure, I mean, um, d- d- you know, the fewest amount of, of intervention, right? The, right? Meaning the industry lets price dictate. And we obviously had those negative levels. We got oil to a low enough level. It shut a bunch of production off. And now you're starting to see states open back up, people back out on the roads, driving, going back to work. Um, and, and it'd be not, we had a big down day yesterday, obviously, but we're still sitting in this $36, $37 range um, on uh, you know crude oil prices. You've seen a big rally in gasoline and each weekly energy report that comes out on Wednesday has shown for about four weeks in a row, um, just surging demand. Now we're not back to normal yet. But it's coming uh, back faster than I think anyone expected, uh, quite honestly, faster than I expected for sure. And you're seeing ethanol uh, come back as well. And and so that's a Now, we're not back to normal. We're still, uh, you know, way below average. But but that thing has come back real uh, a lot faster than uh, than I expected. And that's been a big help even out in the eastern Corn Belt. Some of these, um, you know, where, where things are a little bit tighter as far as corn supply and, and basis, um, some of these plants are coming back online. And, and I think that's a good sign, um, big picture that, you know, like we were just talking in the livestock side, right? It shows that at least that stability, people can take a big sigh of relief and say, okay, if we can stabilize oil in the upper 20s to $40 range, you know, we can kind of function this thing. We're getting down in the single digits, you know, nobody can, can function there. So uh, hopefully we're kind of back to normal. We can continue to see ethanol, uh, you know, pick, pick back up and maybe get back to normal here sooner rather than later. And, and, you know, uh, the faster that comes back to normal, uh, the better that's going to be for corn demand and, you know, stabilizing prices and working against the argument of some stupid low, you know, 220 number this fall for corn. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right, Chip. So good stuff as usual. Taking a look out there right now. Any other things that you're paying attention to that we should be watching um, coming up next week? Well, not, you know, I think, uh, again, it, it appears we're going to close these grains pretty well. I, I think that could bode well going into the end of uh, the month of June. Uh, you got important reports on the 30th, which is stocks and acreage report for grains. Um, so I think you could maybe see a surge of uh, fund buying into the end of the month in here would be a good development watching the dollar as well. It's been pretty volatile, but it's, uh, basically even after a rally yesterday, we're sitting here at uh, multi-month lows and that's been a good development too. Uh, if that dollar keeps dropping, that's only going to add to the uh, buying interest across the commodities and, and the grains in particular. So that's something to keep on the radar here the next couple of weeks as well. Right on. All right, Chip, good stuff as usual. Folks out there working on the plan or just need to talk to you about what you see happening in the marketplace, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, just give us a call at the office, uh, 309-550-7213. Love to chat with you.
Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure to check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, uh, check out uh, movingironllc.com for all the latest news about what's going on at Moving Iron Podcast. Also, uh, Global Ag Network, a lot of great podcasts out there. Make sure you check them out. And also, have the Moving Iron Summit coming up here uh, September 1 through 3. So, if anybody that wants to attend that, give me a shout, and I'll get you the information on that. That's Check that out at movingironllc.com or send me a email at moving iron podcast moving iron podcast.com also um check out tractor zoom there's a great place to see what's happening in the auction market and uh, i got a new segment out here that i've been working with uh, tim the dairy farmer guy's going to be at the moving iron summit he's a he's a comedian he's got some good stuff i've been putting out these little one or two minute clips about what he's been doing so make sure you check that out as well so until next time i am casey seymour with chip nellinger let's go with some iron folks out in the 21st century Hard-working people Working hard for you and me Moving higher Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here